Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas odds maker. And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence. And now, let's get it on. Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King. And once again, we're all set to go against the spread on the college and pro football cards this first weekend in December. And if you can believe it, we're talking about football in December. The time has really flown by this 2015 football season. And Victor, as I was looking over the college football rankings this week, it dawned on me, hey, man, we're into December right now, if you can believe it. Where is the season gone? Boy, I know what you mean, and uh, for me, 180 degrees in the opposite direction compared to last year at this time, uh, a couple of days removed from the uh, triple bypass surgery, and basically, you know, not too interested in sports at the time, and uh, here we are 12 months later, and I'm very excited. What a great a great uh, time of the year, uh, definitely. As far as the rankings go, your biggest risers, of course, based on wins last week, uh, all came outside the top five. That would be uh, Florida State and North Carolina, who moved up four spots. TCU, who moved up eight spots. Ole Miss, who moved up five spots. Uh, the teams who were dropped from the rankings uh, based on losses, Mississippi State, UCLA, Toledo, and Washington State. And, uh, Mark, I like uh, always comparing the college football rankings when they come out on Tuesday night to the guys out in Vegas, you know, there are there's a list called the Vegas rankings, and uh, it's comprised of, of course, Bruce Marshall, who's the uh, Gold Sheet senior editor and professional better, Dave Malinsky, and Las Vegas sportsbook CG Technology, and kind of like comparing the two, and there is a little bit of a difference, you know. For instance, in the committee, uh, a team like uh, Oregon, the Ducks are ranked 16, while in the Vegas rankings, they're ranked number six. Ohio State, of course, who's just outside of the party at number six in terms of the CFP rankings, is ranked number three in the Vegas rankings. So uh, uh, very, very uh, interesting. And finally, Mark, you know, based upon the current Vegas odds in regards to the point spread of this weekend's games, there is a 43% chance that either Alabama at 14% or Clemson at 30% will lose this weekend, a 5% chance that both teams potentially lose this weekend. So it's not all done for the Stanfords and the Ohio States and even the North Carolinas of the world. We still could see a shakeup in the top four after this big uh, conference championship weekend. I think we are going to see a shakeup here, Victor. We're going to talk a little bit later on the show, our college football game of the week segment will feature the Clemson North Carolina game and I'm going to bring this point out here now ahead of the segment that in college conference championship games since their inception back in 1992 when an undefeated team goes into the college conference championship game there have been 24 of those guys that have done that nine have taken their first loss of the season so that would be a beware uh, issue here if you're Clemson or perhaps if you're Iowa this particular weekend. I kind of agree with the guys in Vegas as well. I mean, I know our hearts in Ohio, you know, we're Ohio, Ohio Buckeyes, if you will. And I think the Ohio State Buckeyes are deserving of being in a top four slot here. They're only lost this season being uh, that scant loss to Michigan State, and they have beaten 
six teams that are ranked in the uh, that are going to go bowling, I should say, this football season here. So, but the only chance I think Ohio State to make the top four is going to have to have. I think two of those top four teams are going to have to lose this particular week. And if I was one of them, Michigan State will obviously take their spot. So they're going to need Alabama, or I should say Clemson, to trip up this particular week. And I think that's going to be the only chance, I think, as far as the official final rankings are going to be concerned. But we will keep our eyes glued here, taking a breakdown of the top 25 college football playoff rankings here. A little more evened out uh, coming into this second to final week here. Southeast Conference with five representatives. The Big Ten Conference also with five representatives. Four each from the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Three each from the ACC and the AAC. And one other, the Independent Notre Dame, compiles this ranking this particular week. So a wild and woolly week it figures to be this final week of the regular season portion of the 2015 season. And, Victor, before we move on to the National Football League side of things, two notes here. Number one, it was a wild and woolly week for favorites in college football last week. Uh, I think by Vegas count, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, it was like 27-15-1 to the spread for favorites, I think. Uh, it was a big, big week for the favorites here. So the bookmakers kind of gave a little bit of money back, although they probably got it back on Sunday. And the other topic here is the coaching carousel in college football here with 20 coaches now designated as being out for next football season already. Between now and the beginning of next year, we might see as many as 30 coaches. Your take, Victor, on what happened last week in college football and the coaching carousel. Boy, it should be a wild offseason in regards to the coaching changes. You know, down here in South Florida, uh, there is a lot of excitement uh, for about seven days now. Butch Davis was at the top of the Miami wish list. But with uh, Georgia cutting ties with Mark Richt on Sunday, he's vaulted to the top. And, uh, again, we record the show on Wednesday morning. I got a feeling Miami's probably going to fill that spot sometime this week. And, of course, he's got ties to South Florida. He went to Miami. He is a recruiting guru, uh, particularly in Florida. You know, the Georgia team this season had 17 players who were recorded from our state down here in Florida and it would make a wonderful fit for the University of Miami. And uh, on the flip side, they filled that vacancy there at Georgia. It looks like it's going to be Kirby Smart, the great defensive coordinator from Alabama. He's going to take some of that great defense from the uh, – uh, SEC West Division and transferred over to Georgia. I'm sure they're very, very pleased with that particular hire as well. It will be, uh, I think, good news for the Hurricanes down here. Mark Richter, former quarterback with Miami, I believe, albeit a backup quarterback, but he was a quarterback for the Canes down here, and he would be a real nice fit into this program. They could use a, a, a coach, I think, that brings uh, the first class workmanship that Mark Rick represents here. So that would be, a, I think, a great hire for the Canes. And I also mentioned here, Victor, about those favorites last week in college football. It was mm. quite a week for favorites last week in college football here. Uh, kind of a tough week if you're an underdog lover like I happen to be in college football. But uh, nonetheless, one of those underdogs got there for us with our big five-star play on TCU Friday night in a real wicked weather type situation game, but we're down to the final week of college football this week, and uh, it's basically college football conference games, one of which will break down for our college football game of the weekend, a handful of other games on tap this Saturday, so all leading up to what we hope will be a final fantastic finish to the 2015 college football season. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show and over to the NFL side of things, Victor. And uh, on the NFL side of things, one of the things that I like to do 
at this stage of the football season is to look at the playoff picture. And those are teams that if the playoffs were to start this particular weekend, who would be in and who would be out? Because you can also gauge uh, desire by the teams that are just maybe falling short. And if you take a look at the AFC side of things, it would be New England and Cincinnati, the top two teams. And the teams that are in the wild card run, currently it would be number three, Denver, number four, Indianapolis, number five, Kansas City, and number six, Houston with number seven and eight slots by being filled by the New York Jets and the Pittsburgh Steelers. On the NFC side of things, it would be Carolina and Arizona with the bye weeks, the first week of the playoffs, wild card games number three, Minnesota, number four, Washington, number five, Green Bay, and number six, Seattle, with Atlanta and Tampa Bay knocking on the door. i got to ask you, Victor, your take on this NFL playoff picture, what teams do you see maybe out of the list that I just ran down of perhaps falling out of the picture, and which particular teams might you see crashing the party? Well, you never know what's going to happen in the NFC East division. Is a 500 team even going to win that division? Uh, who knows? Uh, big win for the Redskins over the Giants on Sunday. Uh, both tied at first now at five and six records. And, of course, uh, you can't say enough about the Carolina Panthers. What is that now? Is that 14 or is it 15 consecutive regular season wins in a row? That's 15, uh, yes. Absolutely amazing uh, what the Carolina Panthers have done. And also what's amazing is seeing the teams who were in the playoffs last year who – they ain't getting in this year. We're talking about the likes of the uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens, the Dallas Cowboys, the uh, Detroit Lions, although uh, Detroit's coming off a very, very good month. And, of course, they got a big uh, Thursday night division game against Green Bay on tap. But it's a topsy-turvy world, and uh, they're not done in terms of uh, teams overtaking the others we got a very big game this week in the NFC South Division, and Tampa Bay, who's only one game behind Atlanta, could uh, tie them and perhaps uh, move on to uh, higher, loftier things in the month of December with a home win against Atlanta uh, on Sunday this week. Yeah, who'd have thunk it? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the worst team in the league last year, were the number one draft pick. They went out and secured Jameis Winston as their quarterback. They go from two wins into a possible wild card situation here this particular week. And, you know, the truth be known, the Tampa Bay Bucks have deserved every victory that they've earned thus far this football season. You go back and you look at this team, and I did this in our midweek alert football newsletter, which is largely statistical based. In their last eight football games, Tampa Bay has won the yards in seven of those contests. So those victories are not flukes by any way, shape, or form by Tampa Bay. They're playing some really, really good football. And on the other side of the coin in that particular contest against Atlanta this week, and this is, to me, the most intriguing game on the card because of the positioning, as I mentioned, number seven, Atlanta, number eight, Tampa Bay. But Atlanta appears to have fallen off the map here of late. You go back and you look at this team, you go back seven straight point spread losses in a row, and... Also, straight up, they've lost five of the last six football games. But look inside the stats at the Atlanta Falcons here. In those seven straight point spread losses in a row, they've only been out yarded two times. So they're playing a lot better on the field statistically than their record indicates. So we're going to find out a lot more about these two teams in particular this week to see who emerges. And I think one of those two teams who wins this football game will likely crash the party. 
You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to share with you our college football game of the week. We've got a dandy on tap. It's the ACC Conference Championship game this particular weekend. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed that's my bookie dot a as an apple and g as in games tell them mark lawrence sent you only the biggest only the best only at my sign up today attention all serious football fans if you follow the best football newsletters in the nation now you can get them all at the all-new playbook newsletter superstore one visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation including the gold sheet Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread once again on this weekend's college and pro football card, and it's time for our college football game of the week segment, and we've got a dandy on tap this week when number one-ranked Clemson takes on fast-charging North Carolina in the ACC championship game. Victor, your take on this huge showdown game in the ACC this Saturday. Should be a fantastic game after that, of course, uh, opening week loss to uh, South Carolina. North Carolina, the Tar Heels, 11 straight wins. This week, they are currently five-point underdogs, and there's money coming in on the Tar Heels in their game against Clemson. We'll open up about a touchdown favorite. The game down to about five as we record the podcast on Wednesday morning. The over-under line has gone up substantially in this game. It opened at 63 points, and we made a small wager on the over in this game at 63 and a half before it started really taking it off. And it has done so rising to 66 and a half and then 67. And that basically puts us at the current line of 67 and a half. Again, as we record the show on Wednesday morning, if you do like the over and care to join us, you're probably want to get on board as soon as possible. It could, it could very, very easily get up into uh, 70 or higher by the time we get to the Saturday night, 8 o'clock Eastern kickoff. And, of course, a lot of the value on the over has been sucked dry with a big line move of currently five to six points. On the year, Clemson comes in seven and five over under average points in Clemson games, 56.7. They have gone four and one to the over in their five road games this season. In fact, a perfect four and zero to the over in their conference road games for Clemson 
average line of those games, 55, and average combined points, 72. So on the conference road, Clemson games have gone over the total by an average margin of 16.7 points per game. North Carolina, 6-6 six and six over under on the year. The average points in Tar Heel games, 61.9. They've gone two and three over under on the conference uh, on the road this season, and two and two in conference play. It's been a pretty high-scoring series between these two teams. Four out of the last five meetings have gone over the total. The average line of the series fifty-four point seven, and the average score is sixty-eight point four. So the average Clemson North Carolina game has indeed gone over by uh, two touchdowns, thirteen point seven points. That includes. The game last year in which there were 85 points, the Clemson 50-35 to win for the Tigers over the Tar Heels. The over-under line in that game was 63.5. It went over by uh, more than three touchdowns. You'll know what you get with North Carolina in terms of the total in this game. Probably after the first quarter, you'll get a good indicator. I say that because the Tar Heels, they've done an excellent job this season of putting teams in early holes. Uh, last weekend, as an example, they they hung up 35 points on in-state rival N- NC State in the first quarter. Uh, they put up 21 first quarter points against Duke earlier in the month. And uh, teams that have played close to North Carolina this season, including that game one South Carolina, uh, the Georgia Tech game, and the Virginia Tech game, they prevented that early surge so North Carolina basically needs to get that uh, big play offense humming early and, and, and trying to punch Clemson in the mouth from the uh, opening bell, if you will. They, they, they love operating at a lightning-fast pace. In fact, the Tar Heels have the third lowest time of possession of any FBS team this season, and they're still 11-1. and one. Uh, Clemson's offense, uh, they can kind of help out their offense in a big way by perhaps even slowing the game down by consistently moving the chains and frustrating North Carolina with sustained drives. Of course, they're going to want to play at their own pace as well. But this North Carolina team has shown that it's capable of scoring from anywhere on the field in a heartbeat. Uh, At the opening line of 63, we would have been all over the over, uh, pun intended, of course, there's been value that's been sucked out of the play right now, Mark, but we'll still lean a little bit to the over at the current line of 67 and a half. And once it gets up to 70, you're probably best just kind of watching the game from the sideline. But we'll lean over right now in what should be a great, great ACC championship game. Victor King leans over the 67 and a half total points in the ACC title game between the Tar Heels and the Tigers on Saturday with a stop order at 70. So if you see this total at anything less than 70, a lean to the over by Victor King in the contest. And as Victor mentioned, North Carolina comes into the game on a red-hot winning run. There are 11 wins this football season, ties the school record for most victories in a season. So they'll be looking to break that record either here or in a bowl game. They're also 8-0 straight up in the conference this year. That's also a watermark high for North Carolina, 8-0 in ACC conference play. And a lot of what they've done this football season, their offense is well, well noted, but it's their defense that's really been the strength of this football team. If you go back and you look, since they hired defensive coordinator Gene Chizik, the former Auburn coach, 
this defense has really, really improved. They're 18 points a game allowing less this year than they did last year, and they're allowing 103 yards a game less overall this football season. Also, a nice role for North Carolina is as dogs of eight or fewer points in this particular role in conference games. They're 7-1 and one against the point spread. Top-ranked Clemson comes into the football game with 15 wins in a row, much like the Carolina Panthers riding a 15-game win streak. As a 15-game win streak for the first time since going back to 1947, 8-9 for the Clemson Tigers. Really a banner year, to say the least, for this football team. Number one ranked in the current college football playoff rankings. They come in here just 1-7 and seven to the spread when they go into conference revenge. When an opponent has revenge against Clemson the last eight times, Clemson's taken down the money only once. An interesting stat from this week's Playbook Football Newsletter, Clemson is 72-0-1 straight up in games in which they run the ball and pass the ball for 200 or more yards in the same contest. They've done that six times this year, a double 200-yard offense. And in fact, they did it their last game of the season against South Carolina. North Carolina has allowed 200 or more yards on both sides of the football two times this year. Most recently, their last game of the season last week against NC State. The bottom line to me, however, you look at this contest here, I referred to it at the opening of the show. Undefeated football teams in conference championship games are just 15-9 and nine straight up since the inception of title games. 10 and 14 to the spread in those games and just one and three straight up end of the spread when the opponent has a better than 900 record that all fits here to North Carolina. If the upset doesn't happen, I think at least the point spread does for the Tar Heels. I'll grab North Carolina plus the points for my side in this big ACC conference showdown game on Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our NFL game of the week. We've got a dandy in the NFC conference of that. And also hopping out to Las Vegas to check in with Andy Isco to get the Vegas vibe to find out what's going on in Vegas this weekend. When we come back with more here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game, along with Victor King's NFL Over-Under Trends and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column, as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. 
What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this weekend's college and pro football cards. And it's time once again for our National Football League Game of the Week as we go down the stretch in the National Football League portion of the 2015 season. A beauty on tap when the Carolina Panthers, the only undefeated team in the league, travel to New Orleans to take on Drew Brees and the Saints. Victor, your take on this big NFC South Division battle. There's a couple of the NFC South Division battles. We touched very briefly on the Atlanta-Tampa Bay game being one of the key games this week. And so is this one with the only undefeated team laying big points on the road. When was the last time the Saints were this big of a home underdog? Uh, quite amazing. They're getting, what, a touchdown in this particular game? Now, in terms of the total, the over-under line opened at 49.5. You know, a lot of times, Mark you can kind of tell which way the Sharps are going with that initial line move off of the opening over under line because it's the Sharps that make their plays as soon as the lines come out on a uh, Sunday evening or on a Monday morning. And in this particular case, I'm agreeing with the line move. The line move downward a full point to 48 and a half, and that's the line that – we made our play on the under in this game at 48 and a half points. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the squares out there decide to go over the total in this particular game. I mean, heck, Carolina, uh, their offense is clicking four and one over under in their last five games. Carolina, seven, three and one over under on the season. Uh, meanwhile, the Saints come in at six, four and one over under on the season. In their home games, St. Games have averaged a combined 61.2 points per game. Yeah, they got a pretty bad defense, although there were signs last week that there was a little bit of defensive improvement in their loss to Houston for the Saints. Again, I'm still kind of leaning under in this game. Granted, the last two games in this series have indeed gone over the total, and that included this season's earlier meeting back in late uh, uh, September. The over-under line was a uh, uncharacteristically low 43 points. And, of course, Carolina won that game at home against the Saints 27-22. to The game went over by six points. However, we note in this series, it's gone 3-13 and over-under, dating all the way back to 2005, when the over-under line is less than 51 points. We mentioned uh, the undefeated aspect for the Carolina Panthers. This has gone 0-5 over under from our database since 1919, excuse me, 2009. Game nine or greater undefeated road favorites of more than a field goal. That's the case for Carolina this week. When the over and run is 52 or less, these games have gone zero overs, five unders. I touched on this briefly in this week's totals tip sheet, Mark. This is a good week of the season in the NFL to be going under the total in division games. 71% of all division games have gone under the total since the 2008 season. That's seven solid years. There's been 14 overs. There's been 35 unders, and that's game 12 division games in the NFL. And that includes one and nine over under 
when the home team is an underdog, like the Saints are this particular week. Of course, Carolina had a big uh, Turkey Day win over Dallas. NFL favorites off a Thursday road win, which also went over the total, and that's the case for Carolina, have gone 0-8 over-under in the last four years. And, of course, we got the fact that New Orleans is on a current losing streak, losing uh, three straight games in a row, not covering the spread three straight games in a row. In the last 12 months in the NFL, uh, home underdogs off three straight-up and ATS losses in a row, like the Saints, have gone 0-6-1 over under. I think that first initial line move signifies which way the sharp money is going. So before the line goes down even more, Mark, we're going to take a little bit of a play on under as the Panthers uh, take on the Saints this week down in the Big Easy. Victor looks for a divisional duel with defense shining in this football game. He goes under the total in the Carolina-New Orleans football contest on Sunday. And as you mentioned earlier, the Panthers enter this football game riding a 15-game regular season win streak coming into this contest. The only team right now currently undefeated in the National Football League thanks to their big Thanksgiving Day victory at Dallas in their most recent contest. Also in this week's Playbook Football Newsletter, in my featured Betcha Didn't Know weekly article column, I break down quarterbacks in the National Football League and how they have fared in their career throughout the month of December. Tom Brady always at the top of that list, 48-8 and eight in his career in December. Right behind him, Cam Newton, 14-3 and three, straight up in football games in the month of December, doing a terrific job with the Panthers thus far in his NFL football career. On the downside for the Panthers, they come in here. The home team in this series, or I should say the visiting team in this series, 11-3 and three this way. That would be a good note here for the Carolina Panthers as they come in here. Correct that? A good note for Carolina, 11-3 and three to the visitor in the series. You're talking about the New Orleans Saints who come in here off a disappointing, blasé 18-point loss at Houston in their last football game. As I mentioned earlier on in the show, taking a look at the teams that would be in the playoffs in the picture here right now, I did not mention New Orleans because they're two games out of the wild card chase, so this becomes a huge pivotal game for the Saints if they wish to remain in contention for the playoffs this year. Drew Brees in his career 3-0 and to the spread as dogs of seven or more points in the month of December, so if seven happens to show on the football game, he'll be in a role that he really relishes. Drew Brees also 4-1 and straight up into the spread in December off a loss of 17 or more points and furthermore, Drew Brees, when he's taking on an opponent that's off back-to-back straight-up wins, he's at home in December. He's 15-6 and six to the spread, 17-4 and four straight up. Bottom line to me in this football contest is the Carolina Panthers come into this game with a big, fat five-game lead in the NFC South. New Orleans, as I said before, is two games back out of the wild-card spot. I have to look for New Orleans with their best effort of the football season, in this particular contest, especially after the dull effort last week, Carolina feeling awfully good about themselves right now. I'll grab the Saints plus the points for my side in this big NFC South showdown game on Sunday. And with that, let's hop out to Las Vegas now. And it's time to check in with our good friend Andy Isco as we get the vibe from Vegas to find out what's going on in Las Vegas this particular weekend. Andy, how's everything going for you in Sin City? This weekend, well, well, Mark. Aside from the uh, chill that we've been experiencing over the past few days, everything has been nice, hot, warm, comfortable, and uh, profitable. 
I'm glad to hear that because uh, I know those winter months can get a little bit cool down there in the mountains in uh, Las Vegas here, but I don't think you're quite to that particular point of the season here. But I know it's been a hot week of action. Last weekend, Victor and I talked about how maybe the uh, the favorites did real well Saturday in college football. Maybe perhaps they gave that back Sunday in the National Football League side of things. All in all, Andy, your take on how this football season has shaken out for the books this year. Well, as is usually the case, the books do well over the course of the full season. There will be speed bumps along the way, as was the case early in the year, uh, especially in the NFL. But it didn't take very long for the books to recover. And uh, even this past weekend, the books had a bad day on Saturday in the colleges where a lot of the favorites came through. And uh, then on Sunday, with a little bit more of a spreading out of the results, uh, the books got that back and some more. And, of course, uh, as often as the case, they got bailed out Monday night when they needed the Baltimore. Ravens, and it took a blocked field goal return for a touchdown uh, for the books to avoid being middled in many cases uh, where people were laying two and a half on Cleveland earlier in the week, and then that line shot up to Cleveland four or five and even closing at some places at six. So they would have mostly uh, paid uh, some of the small Baltimore backers late, but they would have been middled by a lot of the professionals who laid the two and a half last week with Cleveland. I know Andy in the Superbook contest, uh, uh, they were a quite popular play where the Cleveland Browns because they were minus two and a half in the contest. And in fact, I think I took a poll of the top 20 uh, spots in the contest. I think 16 of the top 20 had the Cleveland Browns at minus two and a half. So that had to be a big pivotal swing game as far as the contest is concerned. How did the thing shake out in the Superbook contest this past week? Well, you're absolutely right. In fact, we had one of the largest differentials in that specific game. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, 409 of the 1,700-plus contestants were on Cleveland, minus the 2.5. That was actually the fifth most popular choice, but they went against the Cleveland, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, rather. They were the 32nd popular choice. In other words, the fewest people of anyone in the con- of any team in the league were supported by the uh, betters in the uh, contest-, contest on the Ravens. Only 64 of the 70 of the 1700 plus contestants uh, had the uh Baltimore Ravens plus the two and a half. And as a result, the consensus last week went two and three. And for the year, the consensus is now 32, 26, and two. That's a total of 33 points out of a possible 60. And that's 55%. Now, just to put that into perspective, if you go back to the beginning of the season, the first four weeks, the consensus, very, very hot. 15 and five, 75%. Since that, over the following eight weeks, weeks five through 12, the the consensus has dipped to 17, 21, and 2. So we've seen a huge bounce back. And one thing to point out, and I think your illustration of that Cleveland-Baltimore uh, game points it out, a lot of the contestants, especially a lot of the contestants at the top of the leaderboard, are looking to play the value games. And by value games, I mean games where the actual betting point spread when the contestants submit their selections has varied by uh, half a point, a point, sometimes even more from what the contest line is. The contest lines are staying. They come out roughly early Wednesday afternoon. So, for example, on that line on the uh, Cleveland Browns was up to about four points by the time the contestant selections were due on Saturday. Uh, many of those contestants have said, you know what, everybody's betting the Cleveland Browns. They're laying four at the betting windows. We only have to lay two and a half in the contest. We'll lay the two and a half. And I think that's been a popular theme over the last two or three years. In fact, I think going back to the days when Steve Fezzik won the contest in back-to-back years, that was part of his strategy. But as so often is the case, strategies seem to turn around given enough exposure, enough publicity, and just the uh, advance of time. 
And do you think uh, in that same vein, that thinking about value being the play in the Superbook contest coming down the stretch, is it value that will win out for these uh, leaders among the leaderboard, or is it value surrounding key pivotal numbers? Now, the Cleveland-Baltimore game, two and a half, crossing over to four, four and a half at that particular time, did cross that key number of three. So is it the key number, or is it just value for the sake of value? I think it's a combination of the both where I think we'll see the key numbers come into play is that you'll have a greater number of people taking advantage of those uh, key numbers, laying two and a half when the line is three and a half or taking three and a half when the line has gone down to two and a half, etc. So I think we'll see that predominate when uh, we have these key numbers involved. But otherwise, if you have a game that even moves from, say, four and a half to five and a half, you'll, even though five is pretty much a dead number, not as dead as it had been years uh, in years past, but even though that's a relatively dead number you'll still have people who will take the plus five and a half when the line has dropped down to four and a half well we'll keep an eye on the final five weeks of the contest as there's certainly no runaway leader in the contest now here now it's getting tighter and tighter as as andy mentioned the consensus is beginning to weaken so too are the lead is the leaderboard they're coming back to the pack it appears so this should be a fast and furious finish to the superbook contest victor i know you got a question that you'd like to run by andy on the show this week as well i do and i i love the fact that Man, you can ask Andy a question. He's going to have a great take on it. Absolutely. I want to get your take on the Big 12 Conference if I can. Uh, Oklahoma, they're locked in. They're number three in the CFP rankings, and they're going to be in the 14 playoff. It's a done deal. You can't say the same about the other teams. Clemson can be knocked out, Alabama, even Iowa, with losses this week. Oklahoma, they don't have a conference championship game this week. And here's the irony, Andy. Last year at this time, they were lamenting the fact of the Big 12 Conference that they don't have a conference championship game. TCU and Baylor could not square off. As a result, Ohio State's big win in the Big 10 championship game against Wisconsin vaulted them over the Big 12 teams. This year, I submit to you, it's actually an advantage in the Big 12 Conference that they don't have a conference championship game because they have a guaranteed entry in the final four your take on that uh, conference well, I pretty much agree with you, other than I'm hesitant to use the word guarantee because you never know what's going to happen when humans sit around the table and they have to make decisions that involve millions upon millions of dollars. Well, however, that being said, I do agree with you. I think Oklahoma is pretty much a certainty to be in there, as is the winner of the Iowa-Michigan uh, State game. Where it gets interesting is what happens if Clemson knocks off, uh, if Clemson is knocked off by North Carolina, or in the very unlikely situation that Alabama is knocked off by Florida. Now, that's extremely unlikely, but I think it presents a more interesting scenario because if Florida were to knock off Alabama, the SEC could exactly be shut out because you'd have too many multiple teams with multiple losses at the expense of a team, uh, for example, like, uh, oh, let's say even an Oklahoma State who played extremely well down the stretch. Uh, what you might have, for example, is uh, uh, if Clemson loses to North Carolina, the ACC could be shut out. One thing about Oklahoma is that the committee, I think, not that they're going to have to bend over backwards, but because they left out the Big 12 last year, one of the five power conferences, they would probably do almost anything they could 
to get a team from that conference in this year. Fortunately, the Big 12 season for Oklahoma is done. They've played extremely well. Maybe the hottest team outside of Clemson and North Carolina coming down the stretch. Uh, so they're pretty much locked in. I think we'll end up seeing the, uh, the four teams that are currently uh, ranked one through four, other than I'm going to put Michigan State there ahead of Iowa because I think Michigan State will knock off Iowa. Uh, what will be interesting, however, will be how the committee seeds those four teams. I think most people would admit that the most attractive matchup for a national championship game, given the history and pedigree of the programs, would be Alabama versus Oklahoma. Right now, with them sitting two and three, they would be meeting in one of the semifinal games. So we could see a situation where, not saying necessarily that Alabama might move up, but you might have the winner of Iowa-Michigan State move up ahead of Oklahoma so that you would not have Alabama-Oklahoma facing off in a semifinal game. Andy, I agree with you. I think the most attractive matchup would be Alabama against Oklahoma. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but when the, the final four pairings are made, is it the one seed plays the four seed, the two seed plays the three seed? Is that how the first pairing goes? Generally, yes, and I think they also take into consider- consideration uh, the location of the uh, bowl games. I believe the two semifinals this year, the Orange Bowl in Miami and the uh, Cotton Bowl in, the, uh, in Jerry's World down in Arlington. So that will also play a, con- a consideration in how they seed the teams, but I think more likely than not they'll be looking for the most attractive potential final matchup. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, and I encourage your listeners to log on to the website at TheLogicalApproach.com. Download a copy of Andy's excellent weekly football newsletter. You can find out exactly what Andy's looking at this particular weekend. As you can see, great insight from Andy Isco. He takes an in-depth look at handicapping football games, especially from a statistical perspective. Andy, before I let you go here, a nice three-game win streak with your complimentary plays on the show here, 9-5 and five overall on the season here. I know our listeners out there are dying to know what you like on the football card this weekend. I'll get to that in just a moment. And we didn't briefly go over the leaders in the Super Contest. The two co-leaders last week did go 2-3. and three, So they uh, let the field catch up a little bit. They're at 42.5 out of a possible 60 points. That's a shade under 71%. So we're seeing that percentage, which was 80% just a couple of weeks ago, drop steadily as the leaders uh, get stuck in the mire of the uh, NFL midseason. 63 contestants currently in position to cash. 17 tied for the final uh, four cashing spots. Six 62.5% right now is what it takes to be cashing in the Superbook contest, which pays the top 50 in ties. As far as the selection this week, I'm going to go to the game between Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Currently, Tampa Bay anywhere from a 1.5 to a 2, 2.5 point home favorite. This is a rematch of an earlier season game. Atlanta's free fall continued last week with a four straight loss, which made it five out of six losses following a 5-0 start. They're tied with Seattle for the second NFC wild card, and they have have just a one-game lead over Tampa Bay and several others, which makes this a key game for both of these NFC South rivals. Now, Tampa did win the first meeting in Atlanta, 23-20. However, they were outgained by Atlanta by 206 yards and a more astonishing 2.2 yards per play. And that effort provides some value in this game for the Atlanta Falcons, even though they have been struggling, as Atlanta was clearly the better team in all areas but the final score in that contest. And this line results uh, re- re- represents 
Jets rather, about a 10-point reversal from the line uh, that Atlanta was uh, laying in that first game when they were laying about 8.5 points in that contest. Uh, prior to that loss, the Falcons had won 5 of 7 in the series with 4 of those 5 wins by more than a touchdown. So current market thinking right now has Tampa Bay as a play-on team and Atlanta the play-against team. But in the NFL, teams rarely play at the same level for sustained periods, especially if they're neither amongst the very worst teams or the very best teams. So I'm going to look for Atlanta, who is three and three and two rather on the road to defeat Tampa Bay, which is an improved team. But let's also note Tampa Bay just two and three at home this year. So I'm going to look for Tampa Bay uh, to uh, lose at home to Atlanta as Atlanta gets a little bit back of its momentum heading into the late season. Andy Isco with the big value play in the Atlanta Falcons in a big revenge rematch, if you will. He grabs the points with them against Tampa Bay for his complimentary play on the show this week. Andy, once again, a great job on the show this week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck, as always, this particular weekend. And we'll look forward to visiting with you with more here next week on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Mark, Victor, have a great week as well. Thank you. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com with the Vegas vibe on what's going on in this weekend's college and pro football side of things. Don't go away. When Dictor and I come back, we're going to put the final wraps on this show with our closing segment. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week. Victor and I will also share with you our top complimentary plays on the show when we're back with more for the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Time to get it on. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. Time to get what are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. This is our awesome angle of the week in college football this week, and we call it Sayonara. And what we're looking to do is to plan any college football home dog of six or more points in its last game of the season 
if they were a bowl team last year and they scored more than 14 points in their previous game, provided they're taking on an opponent that's off a double-digit win. Teams in this particular role are 24-7-1 and against the spread since 1990. Our Sayonara play this week will be on Kansas State when they host West Virginia in a key Big 12 showdown game this Saturday. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King with his top complimentary play on the football show this week. And also, Victor, if you would, let our listeners know what you've got on tap at King Creel Sports this weekend. Okay, Mark, a nice weekend for uh, Mark's uh, preferred picks late phone service. Uh, it looks like, I think, a 4-2 and two record. The five-star winner on TCU, the game of the month on Friday against Baylor. That was sweet. The Ohio State winner on Saturday against Michigan. They finally got their signature win. Even the wins on Sunday in the NFL on the 49ers and on the Broncos. Uh, The Broncos with that outright win against New England. Nice job there. On our service, we're heating up on the college over-unders. Last Friday, we had a three-star play on Oregon. Oregon State over the total. That Civil War game tallied 94 points. A nice winner there. And then we came right back on Saturday. I mentioned it was our uh, you know, 10-star weekend, and our 10-star uh, college game of the year was on over 64 points in the Egg Bowl between Mississippi and Mississippi State. They finish on 65, so uh, we're talking a one-point win. It was uh, hair-raising. It was scary for the full three hours, but we got to mark up a W in that particular game, and we got a big conference championship over-under play coming on Saturday, Mark. We'll have that up at the playbook.com website sometime on Friday. And for our free play today, we're going to be going under the total in another division game. I touched on the fact that division games – have gone under a very high percentage in this particular week of the season. We're going to go to an AFC South battle with Jacksonville and Tennessee. And as of right now, I'm seeing about 80 to 84% of the action in this game on the over. And uh, folks, I, I have no problem going the other way when I see that much one-sided action, particularly if we've researched and handicapped the game thoroughly. You know, these two teams, they just played each other two short weeks ago on a Thursday night. Our service had a three-star play in the under in that game. The over-under line was 41. Neither team had more than 310 offensive yards. And the under cashed by a pretty easy nine points. And with that result... This Jags-Titans series has now gone a perfect 0-4 over-under in the last four meetings with an average of uh, only 33.0 combined points per game. These two teams, they play pretty good defense, and you'd probably have to admit that they're kind of offensively challenged. Jacksonville is number 22 in the league and scoring at 21.5. Tennessee's number 30 in the league at only 18.5 points per game. In the last four years, AFC South short home favorites of less than four points have gone one and eight over under against a fellow division opponent. Of course, we've got the fact that both of these teams come in off home losses last week. In the last two years in the NFL, uh, we've got the fact that uh, there's been what one over 10 unders. That's one 10 over under in the last two years. Home favorites when both teams are off a straight-up home loss in their last game. Uh, The Titans, of course, have uh, failed to win a game or even cover a game, for that matter, 
since that shocker against uh, New Orleans four weeks ago when they lambasted the Patriots down there in the Big Easy. So that's a current three-game straight-up and ATS losing streak. One and nine over-under home favorites of less than six points off three or more straight-up and ATS losses in a row. That applies to the Titans, and that is um, particular to an over-under line of greater than 39 points. So, Mark, uh, like many of our NFL games this week, we're going to be on unders. I don't even know if we're going to be going over in any game this week in the NFL. But this is definitely one of those games that will be on our service. And it's our, of course, Against the Spread podcast free play, Jags, Titans, under the total. Victor King goes under the total in the Jacksonville football contest this Saturday. And also check out Victor King's college football conference over-under totals play this Saturday. It'll be available online at playbook.com on Friday. Check that out, Victor's Conference Championship over-under totals play this weekend. Before I get to my complimentary play on the football show this weekend, and once again, I want to remind our listeners out there that our good friends at mybookie.ag are offering all of our listeners a 100% sign-up bonus when you open up your account at mybookie.ag. That's a 100% sign-up bonus. All you need to do is to give them a call toll-free at 1-855-612-BETS. That's 1-855-612-2387. Or log on to the website today for your 100% sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag. And once again, our College Football Conference Championship Game of the Year will kick off this particular weekend. We had a great weekend of winners last week. As Victor mentioned, we were 4-2 and two overall in all of our selection plays last weekend. We've had great success in our College Football Conference Championship plays of the year. Last year, we used Ohio State plus 4 in their 59 to nothing shocking win over Wisconsin. The year before, it was Michigan State taking 55 over Ohio State, Michigan State wins that game by double digits in that contest. It's all part of a $50 fan appreciation weekend of winners. Get every college and NFL play I make this weekend for just $50 on a fan appreciation weekend when you call me toll-free at 1-800-321-7777. Or the game is free when you join me for our double 10-star December of winners for a fantastic Finishing this football season the month of December, featuring my 10-star NFL Game of the Year, our 10-star College Bowl Game of the Year, and every bowl selection play we make for our double 10-star December. Log on to the website at playbook.com to sign up or call me toll-free at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play in the football show this week is on Georgia State a football team that is really closing out the football season in strong fashion. The Panthers come into this contest they're going to take on Georgia Southern in the football game here. Georgia State is five wins in the football season, looking to win their sixth victory to become bowl eligible this year. They come into the contest 3-0 and straight up into the spread their last three football games. And in fact, you go back and you look at their last six contests, they're 5-0-1 to the spread, having won the stats in five of those six football games on the field. The only stat loss they've had in their last six games was by 29 little yards against Conference power, Arkansas State. That just shows you how well the Panthers are actually playing football coming into this game. Their opponent, Georgia Southern, enters with eight wins on the football season. They're content. They're going bowling. Their three losses this year have all come on the road, where they're just 3-3 three and three straight up on the road this year. 
Georgia State playing with monster revenge from a 69-31 to 31 loss suffered in this game last football season here. We'll grab the points with the Panthers in this contest for our complimentary play on the football show this weekend. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco from The Logical Approach in Las Vegas, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above, until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. 